Welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast with your hosts, Alex Harris. And with them, as always, are Tim Garner and Matt Paul. <laughs> yeah, man, it's just like, the, you know, everything. I'm just like really busy and uh, I want to do things. I want to do things that make me not miserable and it's it's hard. And um, yeah, it's fun. But but yes, you know, uh, Matt, you must be happy living close to, according to my wife, the the best savers in the. Uh... <laughs> yes, we can walk to that savers. We often take a nice walk to that savers, and it's not, I, whenever we go there, I always think of you guys. I'm like, wow, this is so close to so yeah. close to that. We went to the Marlboro Savers what? the other day, and there's one in Westwood, also not far from me. Wait, is I, it Westwood or it's Norwood? It's Norwood. It's on the Auto Mile Norwood. by Ernie Bark Jr.'s car dealerships. <laughs> oh, Route 1. Yes. So, I mean, we're talking about doing stuff, right? So, like, are you guys curious at all about, like, you know, the weird shadowy things that, you know, I've been doing lately? You yeah. know, like like guys in suits making you leave so they could talk to me or, you know, me leaving suddenly a few episodes ago. Rings a bell. No, not at all. I, I don't know. Should should we be? What are what are you doing? Oh no, nothing. I, I'm doing nothing. That's for sure. Definitely nothing that involves going through all these old photo albums from Matt's childhood that I asked him to bring in. Yeah, you're being extra weird lately. Why do you have to borrow some of my clothes and take pictures and measurements of me? The plaster cast of my face was especially strange, Tim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That all is pretty weird. Uh, I mean, uh, but. Don't you want to know why I'm doing it? I mean, if you want to tell us what you're doing, why don't you just tell us what you're doing? <laughs> because I can't tell you. It's confidential. I, 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 you know, I, it's, it's, a, it's a saga thing, okay? Wow. A Suit Actors Guild of America thing. But, right. you know, maybe if you guys, I don't know, guessed correctly. Uh, you've decided you'd be more successful in life if you looked more like me. I mean that is that it? I, I, Tim, I got I got a lot going on right now. I I don't have time to guess. Like, can you just can you just tell us? Well, I mean, like, what do you have going on? Like, are we finally starting production on Hired Guns? <sighs> if you know, if, if I was too busy doing that, I probably wouldn't even have time to do whatever it is I'm currently secretly doing. <laughs> no, I, I'm. I'm still working on the pre-first draft of the script. I'm on draft negative 25. I still got like 24 more before the script is ready to be edited and made decent, which will probably take me several more weeks, months, or financial quarters. Okay, I've only been working on it for a few decades. Don't rush me. Fine. Okay, okay. Uh, But can you guys please keep taking guesses about what I'm doing so we can talk about it, please? I'm... I'm having an incredibly hard time deciding if I should actually go through with this mission. I mean project, and maybe you guys can help me decide. I'd, I'd really, really appreciate it, and you guys have no idea how much it would help me. Anyway, hello and welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast. I'm Alex Harris. I'm an independent writer slash director. Unfortunately, you may know me from my porn parody about a mysterious assassin working for a group of rebels trying to overthrow the government and the mystery that unravels when she is sent on a mission to kill the chairman. Aeon fuck- Uh, I'm sure you can guess it. Um, I'll just say it stars Chartiz Throb. You know, it's one of your greater porn works, I will- I will admit. I mean, uh, this- 
that is my favorite of of all of them, I have to say. Hi, I'm Tim Gardner, man suit actor and mime contortionist green suit guy. You may know me from my role as the nude painting that's gifted to Vince Vaughn's character in Wedding Crashers. Wow. <laughs> Good job, yeah. man. Well Thank done. You. Thank you. Frame and all, baby. Frame and all. Fuck. This, this, this painting was a gift, Todd. It's coming with me. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Paul, and I'm totally not a script doctor, so you definitely don't know me from my script that accidentally ripped off John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13 so badly that they legally had to release it as a remake. Wow. Who knew? Interesting. Um... Anyway, once again, in an affront to my hopes of ever being famous enough to drive around Hong Kong in a convertible with Tony Leung, we have some corrections from the previous episode. So I just want to say, for the no one that asked, Queen Kong is pretty much showgirls but with a giant gorilla, um, (laughs) including the sex scene in the pool and all. Um, Holy shit! And... uh, (laughs) Unlike Thomas Jane and Deep Blue Sea, they made waves. <laughs> I that is, I'm also pretty proud of that one too. And I'll be, I, I mean, it is also kind of a porn parody. I mean, there's no penetration. Anyway, so also when we were talking about hard boiled, uh, we talked about how one of the characters was named Uncle Hoy. Yeah, and we were saying we think that you know. The uncle is used a little, you know, we do kind of use it a little informally over here. We'll just call someone uncle when they're like your uh, parent's friend or something like that. Close family friend, right? Yeah, close family friend. But apparently in China, according to Glossica.com. What the fuck is Glossica? I don't know. It could be completely. (laughs) This is what I found. This is like the first time that came up at Google. For all I know, this is complete bullshit. Um, which would be the first time that there's ever been complete bullshit on this podcast, so I, I would feel bad if it was. But according to Glossica.com, the world's most trusted source on this specific <laughs> subject, the word uncle, which I will not try to pronounce the Cantonese uh, word for it, can be used for talking about older men, while the word auntie can be used for older women. The words older brother and older sister are often used to express affection for people who are slightly older, especially by children. So, so there you go. There you go. Sure, sure you don't want to give those Cantonese uh, <laughs> pronunciations a go? <laughs> Shushu? Nope. Uh, <laughs> what do you, do you did you look them up? They're hyperlinked in the script. Uh, wait, no, no script. There's no script. The show is unscripted. Um, <laughs> So, 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 yeah. And what, what's auntie? Auntie, I e. Mm. What is? Ge- Do you want to go? Older brother is that like a geeky? Go 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 go. Huh. Yeah. And and you're you gonna go for the? <laughs> I have no fucking idea. Gigi. <laughs> Again, I'm a white guy. I'm pronouncing these terribly, but that's as close as I can. Uh, as I can figure it out without consulting any of our friends whose parents speak Cantonese. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, hey, well done. Be- better than what I would have said if I had just said them out, th- out loud. So there you go. Well, that's it for corrections and our brief uh, Cantonese lesson. Let's move on to some news. Oh, man, Rebel Moon. <laughs> Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon will be released with two different versions to please a wider range of audiences. More specifically, there will be the regular cut and another with the slow-mo shots removed for viewers who only have 15 minutes to spare. Movie's going by so quick. 
without any speed ramping. It's gonna be crazy. I know. Oh, oh, maybe the ver- maybe the second version is all speed ramps. You know, it's all sped up. Oh, whoa! Heck yeah! Hell yeah! Hocus Pocus three is in development at Disney Plus. They're hoping a third movie will motivate fans to finally finish watching the second one. <laughs> Susie and I got like. 15 minutes into the second one, and then I I forgot it existed. You're not the only person. Yeah. Taika Waititi has expressed concern about becoming obsolete. Oh, poor baby. (laughs) Especially since he realizes just about anyone could make a disappointing Thor movie. (laughs) It's true. I'm sure I could make one. I I recently saw him talking about diversity in the film. Have you seen this clip? No. No. So he thinks Hollywood gets diversity wrong because he's like, you don't need to cast every race or ethnic, every ethnic background in, in a movie because he's like, quote unquote, who grows up like that? And in my mind, I'm like, I don't know. You do in the US. Yeah. But felt kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, I, I would assume that um, he's from New Zealand, right? Yeah. I would assume New Zealand is, it, I, I don't know. I would assume they're not super, it's not a super uh, diverse place right i would argue against that you know you have you have people of maori origin you have people of european origin and you have people of asian origin i would reckon huh i think it's so then why would did he grow up in like a really (laughs) i mean his mother his mother is your i believe jewish by way of europe Hmm. and his father is maori so even then it's kind of strange thing to to say say but then again it, it, I don't know. Very strange. Who knows? I'm sure there's more context, but it was a very strange clip I saw. He does tend to say goofy things uh, in in short that need a lot more context to uh, yeah. pad out. The Flash director, Andy Machete, is rumored to be helming the Brave and the Bold Batman movie for James Gunn's DCU. Some insiders think Machete is the ideal choice to create a new Batman universe due to his experience with violent clowns such as Pennywise and Ezra Miller. Oh, Bazinga. Machete. <laughs> this guy looks nothing like Machete, and I'm disappointed. I know. <laughs> There's a rumor that Paul Rudd and Pedro Pascal were offered the lead roles in an Anaconda reboot. While that may sound compelling to fans of the Jennifer Lopez movie, they're actually going to star in a remake of the Nicki Minaj music video. Which one's playing Nicki? Oh, snakes don't bite. Oh, don't they? <laughs> Sorry, I just need a minute to recover from hearing my two favorite daddies are going to be in a remake of that movie. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's next movie, Oppenheimer, is officially rated R, which apparently stands for really long. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for reading that very dumb joke. Of course. Um, how long is Oppenheimer? It is long, right? I didn't just make that up. Three I mean, hours. It's a yeah, Christopher okay, Nolan good. movie. Yep, no, just making sure. <laughs> how long is it, Alex? Three hours, apparently. It says it's three go. hours on the dot, but maybe they don't know the official runtime. Uh... Art the Clown will return in Terrifier 3, which will begin filming later this year with a much larger budget than the previous movies. Writer-director Damien Leone said he can't wait to spend all that extra money on brutalizing women specifically. <laughs> I oh. mean, unfortunately, that's too real. That dude, I, he might be a really nice guy, but I think he he, ha- he some might issues. have some like subconscious issues he hasn't come to terms with. Yeah. Ryan Gosling defended his role in Barbie against critics who claim he's too old to play Ken. I had a similar response when my wife claimed that I'm too old to play with Ken. <laughs> Mind your business, Chrissy. Mind you. 
<laughs> She's very specific about the age ranges for toys. It's a strange thing. It is. Clint Howard says he's working on a sequel to his 1995 cult classic, Ice Cream Man. Howard figures it'd be especially easy to film since they can just follow him around doing his current day job. <laughs> Being weirdly right-wing ice cream guy. <laughs> was that was that mean? Is he is he a weirdo now? Like even more so than he always was. I believe he's gone a little towards the Q. Track oh, of, oh man, maybe not Q, but definitely a little bit more right wing than I think you know Ron would appreciate. I feel like the his character from uh, the Water Boy like would do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not exactly a smart man. Um, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino recently put down direct to streaming movies, saying it's almost like they don't even exist. This was especially insulting to so and so who starred in what's its name? Like for instance that ghosted movie with Chris Evans. <laughs> oh my god. Exactly. Remember that? Oh, I heard that. I've not seen it. I've just heard so many negative things about it. It's kind of impressive. Mm. Dwayne Johnson, finally desperate enough to consider the possibility that he's capable of being wrong, is returning to the Fast and Furious franchise for an untitled film that is expected to come out before Fast 11. Johnson agreed to come back as long as the villain in the movie could be a large, bald D&D player named Din Viesel. Don't put it past him. Right? So there was some extra news bits that are, like, they're just funny already? So I, in I and couldn't... of themselves? Yeah, like, I couldn't get anything funny. So I'm just, like, the, I'm sure maybe you guys heard about this, about Vin Diesel. Uh, supp- this is a rumor. This has not been confirmed. But so Vin Diesel supposedly blaming Jason Momoa's acting for Fast X's bad reviews. That is insane. I've not heard that. That is that's crazy if true. So funny. If it's true, that's so fucking funny. Of all, yeah. like, of all the things that could be the problem with that movie. And, and I liked Fast X. Um, right. I, it's hilarious to think that. Jason Momoa is the problem. Also, uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are scoring the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie. <laughs> I So, yeah, I heard that and I was in disbelief. I'm like, wow, okay, I guess I'll get ready for some moody atmospheric synth shit. Yeah. Sick. Or maybe they're, maybe maybe Reznor's going to have some fun with it for once. Who knows? I'm really curious. In one of his, ra- one of his very rare songs in a major key. <laughs> what are those? What? Um, <laughs> I mean, if the turtles end up fucking each other like an animal, then that <laughs> I sounds. Fuck I mean, you they like a turtle. I mean, they are animals, I guess. Actually, so it's not that far off. <laughs> I mean, they just want to feel you from the inside. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. That sounds. That sounds like you know intimacy to me, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then last, let. Resident Evil Welcome to Rock Raccoon City against all odds is supposedly getting a sequel called The Umbrella Chronicles. What? I'm mystified. What? Shocked, even. What? Um, I'm curious to see it. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. The Capcom is definitely experiencing... Sorry, for those who don't know, Capcom, the makers of the Resident Evil video games. Uh, yes, Capcom yes. is definitely currently seeing a f- some kind of resurgence. I don't want to say a renaissance yet, but they're definitely, their games are on the uptick. 
And I feel like this might be the karmic balance in order to ensure their domination of the video game <laughs> world is to make sure that their film adaptations are maybe, you know, the like I said, the balance to their <laughs> to their golden age, their renaissance, possibly. I guess so. Shocking. And then also there were some trailers that came out this week that I think are worth mentioning. Uh, Hidden Strike which is a Jackie Chan and John Cena movie, which was made like years ago, I think. It took a really long time for it to come out. Uh, that, oh, no. The trailer for that has come out. It looks kind of good. It looks like... I mean, I'm worried it's a Children fun. of the Corn type of situation. <laughs> I mean, maybe. If it's been shelved. But also, it's like, you guys liked Rush Hour, right? You liked Shanghai Noon, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, guess but what? John Cena. Yeah, everyone likes Cena. The, the trailer looks kind of fun. Should be interesting. I mean... Yeah, I mean, he's John Cena's building it, but I didn't even see him in the trailer. I know, it's just Jackie Chan running around. It, it's weird, he's talking to nobody. <laughs> Speaking of Children of the Corn, mm. Kurt Wimmer was one of the writers on the next trailer I'm going to mention. The Expendables really? 4, or the Expend Forbles, um, <laughs> as it's being called. Um this one seems to be putting Jason Statham in the lead role with uh, with Stallone kind of just, like, appearing. But hmm. the thing that I thought was most interesting about this trailer that from what I saw is, one, Dolph Lundgren is, is, like, being super weird in it and wearing, like, glasses, and he has kind of long hair, which is exciting. Uh, yeah. Our boy from The Night Comes for Us and The Raid, Eko Awais, is in it, and he looks like he's playing oh. one of the bad guys, and he looks pretty good. And Megan Fox is playing Jason Statham's, like, wife or girlfriend and seemingly has action scenes in it. And I'm, like, kind of pumped. I want Megan Fox to become, like, a direct-to-video female action star. I don't know why, but I really want it to happen. I mean, that's fine. It's weird that she's the love interest of a considerably older man, but this is Hollywood, and what are you going to do? <laughs> I know, right? What a shocker. Um, and then the final trailer I'll mention, and I haven't even watched it actually, is Sympathy for the Devil, and it's Nicolas Cage, like a Nicolas Cage psychological thriller with Joel Kinnaman. Hey. And I've been I've been looking for some to get some Kinnaman back in my veins ever since the Suicide Squad. So that's uh that's exciting. <laughs> you're an, you're addicted to some Kinnaman. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I guess. Hey so. guys, you want you want to go behind the trailer and do some Kinnaman? <laughs> I like to put some Kinnaman on my uh, on my French toast or something. I don't know. Um, some <laughs> Kinnaman French toast. Anyway, that's it for news. Let's move on to new releases. Oh, man. Of course, you, thank you for giving me this one. How yeah. Now playing in theaters is Transformers Rise of the Beasts. During the 90s, a new faction of Transformers, the Maximals, joined the Autobots as allies in the battle for Earth. What a synopsis. The new entry in the increasingly convoluted Bayformers timeline, I guess, is directed by Stephen Cable Jr. It stars Anthony Ramos, Dominique Fishback, what a name, Peter Cullen, Ron Perlman, Peter Dinklage, and Pete Davidson. Is he in fucking everything? What the fuck? It's um, weird that Pete... Pete Davidson is playing Mirage. He's playing Mirage? Jesus. All right. Yeah. It's strange, considering we saw Mirage in, you know, the first Bayformers film, and obviously. Which one is Mirage? Uh, he's the, the Porsche. Porsche. Uh. And he got, like, ripped in half in the first movie, but which, again, took takes place later. But again, yes. like, 
none of this like Optimus seemingly hadn't come to Earth yet. I you know it's not it's like the whole the, thing. It's not like the Michael Bay movies have a consistent story really either. They just kind of make shit up. Like they decided in the the fifth one that. Bumblebee killed Nazis uh, during yeah. World War Two. Oh so, wow! You know, yeah. I don't. You know, I don't know what their plan is. Supposedly, their plan is to not tell us what their plan is, so that they can do whatever they want. Um, Did I miss the Dinobots? We'll the yet. Dinobots showed up. Oh yeah! Oh my yeah. god! I forgot all about that. Uh, Optimus uh, hopped on uh, Grimlock's back mm. and ran, rode around on him with a sword and shit. Um, was that? Did that, that happen? The... That was in the fourth one, and then Thank Grimlock you. is still around in the fifth one. Mm. And I know this because I recently started rewatching the fifth one. The uh. Last Night, as it is. <gasps> Unrelated to all this, but there's a quote going around from Anthony Hopkins talking about how the Thor movies are pointless yeah. acting. And yeah. he has not said that about Transformers <laughs> The Last Night. Uh-huh. He actually said very nice things about working on that movie, which I think is so funny. There you go. Now playing theaters is Dolly Land. In 1973, a young gallery assistant goes on a wild adventure behind the scenes as he helps the aging genius Salvador Dolly prepare for a big show in New York. The Lug- <laughs> the, Lug- the Lugubrious Film is directed by Mary You played yourself. Heron. The Lugubrious <laughs> Film. I don't know if it's in the Lugubrious being one of the titles of his of a Dolly painting. Uh, the, Lug- Lug- the Lugubrious Game. Uh, it's directed by Mary Heron. It stars Ben Kingsley, Barbara Sukoa, Ezra Miller, what? Rup- Rupert Graves, Alexander Bayer, and Suki Waterhouse. Ezra Miller, didn't see him in the trailer. No, I I, uh, I also want to point out Mary Heron, director of American Psycho. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. And uh, Suki Waterhouse, I believe, is um, the Batman. The, the new Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Cullen. Uh, Edward Cullen. Um, yeah, what's his name? <laughs> Why can't I, know. I think of it's, his name? It's it's contagious when you can't remember a name. <laughs> it, don't you hate it when that happens? You mean you mean Robert Pattinson? Robert, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Suki Waterhouse is apparently dating Ro- Robert Pattinson, and anyone who puts up with that weirdo, I find interesting. Um, and I mean weirdo very affectionately. Um, and that's a, a movie about Dolly has got to be something else because uh, Dolly was weird as fuck uh, yeah. because I had to write a paper on him when I was in high school and he was very, he was a very strange dude. I hope the pet anteater is, is mentioned. <laughs> had a weird thing for his sister. Oh, Matt, look at this. Yeah. I know. I, I, I'm excited for this movie. Coming soon to theaters is Asteroid City. The itinerary of a junior stargazer convention is spectacularly disrupted by world-changing events. The latest formalized film is directed and co-written by Wes Anderson and co-written by Roman Coppola. It stars Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, and like a million other fucking people. So many people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coming soon to Disney Plus is Stan Lee. A hundred years of dreaming. A hundred years of creating. A hundred years of Stan Lee. <laughs> the biographical documentary is directed by David Gelb. It stars, through archival footage, Stan Lee. Excelsior! <laughs> 
I just, I want, I just, I, I want you to say that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with it. Nuff said. You know, it's interesting. One of the things I will always find fascinating is how there are people who revere Stan Lee in ways you would not believe. Like, and and I'm not saying that that is un undeserved. And then there were people who think he's such a hack because of how he took credit away from so many of the artists like Jack Kirby. Yeah. Very oh, he wasn't the o- Yeah, but he's not the only comic creator to take, oh. you know, to okay, steal yeah. someone Bob else's Kane, thunder. Bob Kane, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, it, was a nor- it was normal at the time. But yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if they'll cover that. It, it was the fashion at the time. It was the fashion at the time. He had an onion on his belt, too. Yeah. This car gets three rods to a hog's head, and that's the way he likes it. <laughs> Coming soon to theaters is The Flash. Uh, Remember that movie? Uh, Barry Allen uses his super speed to change the past, but his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes, forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future. The totally not a retcon of the DCEU, unless you want it to be, is directed by <laughs> Andy Machete. It stars Ezra Miller, Sasha Call, Michael Shannon, Ron Livingston, Kiersey Clemens, and Michael Keaton. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Coming soon to theaters is Elemental. In a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. That's a completely... Matt, that's a completely normal sentence. What's your problem? Uh, That is a totally normal sentence. (laughs) A fiery young woman and a go-with-the-flow guy, who is, I'm assuming, made out of water. What? Will discover something elemental. How much they have in common. The animated comedy is directed by Peter Son. It stars Leah Lutis, Mamadou Ache, Ronnie Del Carmen, Wendy McLendon Covey, Catherine O'Hara, and Joe Perra. All right. So uh, that's th- that's a decent two weeks, I have to say. Yeah. Even if all of it isn't good, there's some interesting stuff there for sure. Stuff that's going to be worth seeing. And there's definitely a lot more interesting stuff that we just couldn't fit in. Yeah. To the podcast. So it happens. All right, that's it for new releases, which means it's time for what did we watch this week? We're down to two teams. So for double points, what is the name of the purple Teletubby? Tinchy Winchy. You're both correct. He always carried a... Red purse. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks. Max is very competitive, as am I. It's one of the reasons I fell in love with him. Oh, it's easy. He was an Incredible Hulk. Eric Banner. Other one. Mark Ruffalo. Other one. Lou Ferrigno. Primal Fear. Richard Gere never played the Incredible Hulk. Time. Jesus Christ. Ed Norton. Oh, oh Primal Fear. Guys, what do you say we do this at my house next week? This will be a game night to remember. Oh, boy. Mm. Tonight, we're taking game night up a notch. We don't need a board and we do not need pieces. We won't need any extra rudeness either. Someone in this room is going to be taken. Oh, it's a murder mystery party. Fun. Whoever finds the victim wins the grand prize. The keys to the stingray. Just the keys? No, Ryan, the whole car. Oh, yes! I just want to wish you the best of luck tonight. Bye. Baby, hand me those matches. I'm about to burn this door down. You're going to light a fire in a windowless room that we're trapped in. Why you got to make my idea sound stupid? You're not going to know what's real and what's fake. Is this gun real? Oh, oh no, Annie. Oh, oh no, 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 no
my god, I shot you! What the f- Came out in 2018, but this week we watched Game Night. A group of friends who meet regularly for game nights find themselves entangled in a real-life mystery when the shady brother of one of them is seemingly kidnapped by dangerous gangsters. The action comedy is directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein of D&D fame, and written by Mark Perez. It stars Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams, Billy Magnuson, Sharon Horgan, Lamorne Morris, that's an awkward name to say, Kylie Bunbury, Jesse Plemons, Michael C. Hall, and Coach Taylor himself, Kyle Chandler. <laughs> so, as a warning, I'm sure there will be spoilers as we discuss Game Night, so if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this watch movie and come back. I, I personally suggest that you do. Otherwise, let's dig right in. So, uh, Matt and Tim, what are your favorite things about Game Night? Before I get into it, I just um, want to say that Diana watched this with me, and did she ever love pointing out that we were watching a movie about a bunch of friends having a game night when you, Alex, would never play games with us when we all <laughs> hung out. I know. I know. I had a, I had like a problem. I, I, I'm weird. I don't do well with competition. Well, actually, that's not true. I, I do now. I could totally do a game night now. But like yeah. when I was younger... I, I didn't handle it very well. I, I was, like, worried that I'd become too much of a dick if I was doing well, or I'd get very upset if I did poorly. Um, that is a valid point, Diana. Um, but, yeah, um, I didn't know anything. I didn't. I completely missed this movie, but then as I was watching it, I think I may have seen some of it um, without the sound on a plane once, but that could be totally <laughs> wrong. Um but yeah, let's see. I um I thought it was pretty funny. And the things that I liked about it are I really liked um the opening sequence that kind of sets up who Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams are and their yeah. characters. Um I really enjoyed how um in some of the shots they kind of made like um I don't even know how to really describe it, but like exterior shots that kind of zoomed in, it made it tilt shift. Yes, tilt oh, shift. tilt shift. Um, they did they did that to make it look like it was a game board, I guess, or like yep, yeah, yeah. make them look like miniatures, make them look like toys. It looked like the like you know toy camera option on my Nikon, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was cool. I also. I just love Jason Bateman. He's just always good playing the like kind of like uptight, like goofy, um, you know, guy who can't really like hang loose as much as he tries. And I thought everybody in the cast was really good in it. Um, I meant to look up to see if um, the Irish actress is actually Irish. Because she had a pretty Sharon Sharon Horgan. Sharon Horgan. It, it's a very Irish she's an, name. She, she's an Irish actress. Yes, she is from Ireland. Her accent was very authentic. Actually, she's from ha she was born in Hackney, London. Oh, oh no! Wow. Oh, she's both. But she she did grow up in Ireland, though. I really like comedies where 
this like the whole like there are really funny scenes in this movie of just like total it's just a total comedy of errors like people just like when jason bateman gets shot and they like are like (laughs) in the parking lot of the store and she's trying to like sew him up but like take out the (laughs) bullet and like they're going back and forth and then like you know she starts dry heaving and then he starts dry heaving and then at the end of it they figure out that there's not even a bullet in his arm um i thought that scene was really funny (laughs) did you get shot twice (laughs) (laughs) like they're all kind of stupid even though they're like yes they're like good at playing games or whatever they're like all pretty stupid they're kind of divorced from reality a little bit yeah and i thought that was that lends itself to being funny yeah, I um I thought Kyle Ch- Kyle Chandler played a really good asshole. I thought, you know, um <laughs> Jesse Plemons played a really good weirdo. Ah, he's so good in this. <laughs> he's so- <laughs> when they go to his house and he ants to like get to so that they could like spy on his like get the info off of his computer and <laughs> he just he invites them in and he's holding his dog and he just slowly just like backs away into the darkness. <laughs> I know. And they're like, like do oh, we, I guess we should we go, go in? in. Like, what are we doing? Like, should we go in? Um, I thought that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, everybody was really good. I thought it was really funny. I like um, Rachel McAdams. Like, these are the kind of, I uh. feel like she like has kind of like fallen out of favor for whatever reasons or like i don't know has made some not as lucrative or beneficial choices to her career but um she's really funny and like she's a good comedic actress she's great Um, and i thought she was really great in it yeah it was fun it's just a fun little romp of a movie i loved all the (laughs) twists and turns i loved I kind of love that you like go through the whole movie thinking it's one thing and then it's like oh wait no it's not and then it's this and then you know Dexter shows up and it's like oh it's this (laughs) I know although that was the twist on twist twist was very gamey but um yeah a fun movie yeah yeah I mean it's funny when Matt, like what you said, Matt, like you may, like you think you've seen this movie before. I know I've seen this movie before and I had no recollection of what happened. <laughs> I knew I saw it and I remember Jesse Plemons' character and then I'm watching it again and I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, the whole movie was just about jogging my memory into the, that I've seen it before, um, which is strange because I think that just could be a described to the fact that like it's a solid comedy um and for some odd reason it just didn't leave a lasting impression on me the first time i saw it but seeing it again like yeah i really do appreciate it more um yeah jesse plemons is fantastic performance in this as uh the creepy the creepy ex-husband of one of the friends they preferred like gary (laughs) kingsbury i believe his name is uh is a weird creepy cop with his little dog uh yeah, the performances are pretty sick. Uh, the characterization of everyone's great, especially with um, was a Billy Magnuson's character as he's always the guy with a new lady every night, and 
you know he's kind of an idiot, but then you really see how much of an idiot he yeah. is once he <laughs> brings, you know, Sharon Horgan with him. And I thought it was just really great of him being like the complete dumb blonde stereotype, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, just every, everyone's dynamic is really, really, really great characters. Fantastic characters. Um, is Then, of course, you got John Francis Daly as his small little cameo at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I think he actually had like I think his character actually may have had a name and I can't remember at the time, but it was actually named. <laughs> I, yeah, I think oh, so because they all knew Carter. Who. I think Carter. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, and I think Goldstein, Jonathan Goldstein, also had a cameo as well. I believe. Oh, nice. It's Dan. Um, oh, the whole not Denzel thing was great. <laughs> uh, that oh, yeah. whole bit so where funny. they play it off. <laughs> I know. Where Kyle or was it Kylie Bunbury is like talking about how she hooked up with with Denzel Washington and yeah, so yeah, I mean it's just a solid comedy movie. Uh, I, I nothing. I mean the tilt. Yeah, Matt, you nailed everything that I want to talk about it too. But yeah, like the use of tilt shift is always great, especially with what they're trying to convey in terms of like you know marrying it to the game thing of miniatures. Uh, I do worry. Now that with the success of Dungeons and Dragons, that John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein are going to be typecast as the guys to make board game adaptations, mm. <laughs> especially since Game Night, you know, did pretty well. Uh, I think that's debuted. part of why I was expecting the D and D movie to end with people playing D and D. Right? Oh my of- god! What if? It was the Game Night universe. It's oh. actually like Rachel <laughs> oh McAdams God. and Jason Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel McAdams was uh was fucking Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it, it's it's a great movie. It's got you know they they play into tropes deliberately uh, to make you to help set things up. You know, especially with like. Like, yeah, I know that, you know, oh, this is going to be a twist. And then they do the twist. And you're like, okay. But then they go further with it. And you're like, oh, okay. That was a real nice way of turning it around. Uh, Danny Houston's little bit part. I mean, bit. But, oh, like, yeah, you know, Dan- yeah. is, is what the Belgian or whatever he was. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, I mean, that was a great little, like, holy shit, Danny Houston's in this. Uh no, he wasn't the Bulgarian. The Bulgarian was Michael C. Hall. And yeah, Danny Houston was Anderton or something like that. Something like that, um, yeah. Yeah, some crime boss organized, you know, doing some terrible <laughs> fight. The fight club under the the fight club subplot. Yeah. Uh, of just Billy Magnuson just being obsessed with this is what rich people do. They make people fight. <laughs> and then <gasps> they're real. Oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah, it just it's a great character. I think it's a char- great character driven comedy. I agree. I agree with all those things. Um, coincidentally, I do think I saw this movie on the plane coming home from my honeymoon. Mm. Was uh, it the same plane Matt was on that he thought he saw? <laughs> we, he was with us. Uh, oh, my he was God. with me and Susie, obviously. Um, and uh, I, I liked it then, even when I couldn't really understand it. And then I watched it again later. And I, I'm a huge fan of this movie. This is probably one of my favorite movies in the last, you know, five years or so. Um, wow. And I... I I I don't like go out of my way for comedies necessarily. I like a good comedy, but they don't always connect with me um, in, in a lasting way. But this one I just think is special. Uh, one of the reasons being that they purposely shot the movie like a thriller. Um, oh, good point. They they it's it's lit like a thriller. It's got dark shadows. It's you know if you were to just see a random screenshot from this movie, as long as the characters weren't smiling, you probably would assume it's a horror movie or something 
You know, it it doesn't look like a comedy necessarily, and I think that really helps the movie. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, even the production logos in the beginning are kind of creepy looking, and the music is kind of creepy at points. Um, it's shot really well, and there's like, I, there's like cool stuff, like when they're ch- driving and they'd like lock off the camera behind the car, and there would be all these actual stunts in the movie for like, I thought that was really cool. Um, it's a, as you said, Tim. It's a, it, it is a comedy that is based around actual storytelling and character. Like yeah. you mentioned, Matt, they did a great way of establishing uh, Jason Bateman's character and Rachel McAdams' character right away, showing their dynamics, taking us through their relationship and catching us up. The way that they're competitive the whole way through. It was really cool transitions through all of that. They, you know, it, it, it's not an easy task to use. Don't stop me now. Well, after uh, after Shaun of the Dead, and Seriously. I think they used it very well in this movie. And all the ca- all like the jokes are based on character, which I think is really great. Like saying, "What would this person do in this ridiculous situation?" I thought that was really good. Uh, and obviously, that wouldn't work if the cast wasn't fantastic. Like, what a fucking fantastic cast! Like, we got. <laughs> We got, first I want to give a shout out to the girl played Michelle, Kylie Bunbury, who I know from a really goddamn terrible network TV show called Big Sky. My God, is that show terrible, but she commits completely in that show, so I'm a fan. Um, I love Kyle Chandler so much, he's so great, and he never really gets to have fun like he did in this movie. And I especially love how at the end he learned nothing. That was just so <laughs> funny. And it seems like he learned so much because he has that like nice moment. But no, he learned nothing. And he's actually dating the doctor. Um, <laughs> I love Jeffrey Wright showing up. Just for, oh like, my god, yes, <laughs> scene. He's just so to be great. Jeffrey Wright about everything. Just. <laughs> <laughs> just to meet Jeffrey Wright. But then he breaks the Jeffrey Wright, you know, facade too. Yeah, I know. And I, I love that he, like Jeffrey Wright had to pretend to be a bad actor. I thought that was so funny. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like McAdams and Bateman are so great and, and they have really great chemistry. And I, I love, I love Jason Bateman as well. But one of the things that has always kind of like messed me up with him is that like, Whenever they try to pair him with a partner, I never really believe that he loves them more than himself. He just seems like the Mm -hmm. kind of guy who would, in the end, look out for himself. Like, even when I watch, like, Ozark or whatever, I'm always like, would he really put his family first? I don't know. But... I mean, not all of them can be Justine Bateman. Come on. Of course, of course. But... (laughs) But I will say that the chemistry between McAdams and Bateman in this movie is so good, I actually completely buy it. I 100% buy that they are into each other and would absolutely do anything they could for each other. So that's so great. Yeah. Rick McAdams is fantastic. I'll get into it more in a minute. Um, she's, you know, she's best when she's be able to be like quirky and funny. Uh, fucking Jesse Plemons as Gary is so good. Every, that's not a secret. Everyone knows he's fantastic and memes have been made and everything, you know, about three, ba- <laughs> three bags of Tocito scoops. How is that profitable <laughs> for Frito-Lay? Like I've that, I've seen that online so many times. I love when they're at his house and he hands them popped corn with sea salt. Mm-hmm. Him sliding over the car, especially since they showed him practicing it later. His drawing of the Green Mile. 
so God. good. Um, and then, of course, Michael fucking Michael C. Hall showing up as a huge Dexter fan. That was so fun when I was watching the movie the first time. I was I was so excited. Yeah. Um, also, all the game touches that like the tilt shift to make it look like, uh, you know, like miniatures and so forth. The way they include other games within the scenes of the movie, like uh, Operation, when they're working on his uh, bullet hole, mm-hmm. or Keep Away with the Fabergé egg, which they had a pretty mm-hmm. good fake yeah. one-er during mm-hmm. that whole thing. That was good. The uh, There was some nice sweet stuff in the movie, like nice messages about friendship, the, the uh, you know, Kyle Chandler's confession on the bridge, and how that was all handled I thought was really well done, like it actually had some heart to it. Um, and then I'll mention some of my favorite, like, scenes that I just think are fantastic or moments or whatever. One of the greatest comedic scenes I've seen in a really long time is when Billy Magnuson's character is trying to bribe the girl. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea the, Peretti. Unbelievably, Chelsea She's Peretti. So funny. And, and the, the unbelievably perfect composition and editing choices for how they showed the money sliding across. Like <laughs> they would wait just long enough that when you saw the like five or whatever coming across, it was so funny. That was just so incredible. The the whole wound cleaning scene was so good. The squeeze toy, the argument over how to like make the phone not go to sleep, her touching the thing with her nose. Oh, yeah, so yeah. good. But my my possible I want to say probably my favorite thing about this entire movie is Rachel McAdams, especially the bar scene. Yeah. Her showing oh, them how yeah. to do child's pose and quoting <laughs> yes. Pulp Fiction. The the <laughs> shot that starts first off them transitioning to fucking semi semi charmed life by Third Eye Blind. The shot starting at her as her at her feet, going up as she turns and and like starts singing into the gun that we all suspect is a real gun, yep. except for her. And the camera moves back. That is, in my opinion, like a classic shot, like one of those shots in movies that people will remember. I I truly believe that. Um, so good. Uh, and and the 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 choice of semi charmed life was impeccable. What a perfect <laughs> song for that scene! It was so funny and ridiculous, and she keeps singing and dancing, and the way that she like goes like sing to the mic to the guys, and they're all scared because they think it's a, they assume it's a real gun. Um, yep, because it is. <laughs> like like that whole scene is up there for me personally. Like Wayne and Garth like listening to Queen. Or, wow. or, you know, like that is like a classic comedy scene, in my opinion, that people will remember. Um, I also think I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if a woman in a movie has been more attractive to me than she is in this movie. Like, she's just so weird and strange and funny. I was like, fuck, yeah, like this girl rules. Um, and like the whole like not with that ass, you don't. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Like that, that is so great. And then she saves the day by dropping the fire extinguisher and popping her head. Like, just incredible in this movie. Like, five stars across the board, Rachel McAdams and every scene she's in. Yeah. She's a professional actress, damn it. Oh, yeah. Do you have any honorable mentions or things you had mixed emotions about, sometimes known as the Coronies, in honor of David Cronenberg? Honorable mention to when Jason Bateman gets shot and he just yells blood because I <laughs> I would that is how I would react if I was shot. 
and looked down and saw blood. Blood? Uh, so funny. So funny. Um, I also should have, this should have been in, you know, my favorite things, but all will mention to the dog and that whole that whole scene when he's dripping blood all over the dog and then <laughs> all he, over the dog try to clean he it. tries to like clean it with the water and it starts shaking and it gets blood air, like <laughs> all over the throat all over the like shrine for his ex-wife I was dying or I yeah. was dying laughing it was so funny <laughs> so nice. nice yeah um Chelsea Peretti honorable mention to her cuz she's really funny mhm and I I don't think I really have any like cronies really. It's all just it's all just good. I mean nothing really when the um guy gets sucked into the um air because you don't really think it's <laughs> oh, gonna go yes. like that, like dark. <laughs> they did like it. you don't really like yeah. you know that like this is like a you know, an R rated comedy, but like and there's like guns and like people are like running around with you know like threat of being killed but like you don't really think it's not really the kind of movie where you expect somebody to be killed and then the and then the henchman gets sucked into the airplane thingy you're like oh shit oh no he died oh no he died <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Rachel McAdams like actually like is like wait i just saw somebody die <laughs> yeah, she has to unpack like that trauma. She's gonna <laughs> no. Yeah, have that to deal with for the rest of her life. Just uh, oh yeah, <laughs> just so good. It, it's just a really great movie. So yeah, I mean, shout out, honorable mention to Malcolm X Hughes, aka not Denzel. Uh, apparently, <laughs> yeah. he in, apparently in real life he is a part-time Denzel Washington impersonator. So. I was gonna say he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, other honorable mention, yeah. I mean, gotta give it to Jeffrey Wright. She, doing his <laughs> Jeffrey Wrightiest, uh, you know, as like, as a theater, as a local theater guy playing an FBI agent. And then, you know, gets knocked out by the real uh, criminals. And then when he wakes up, he's, yeah, he's just that whiny, like, <laughs> I got I got punched. No, uh, you know, like, so yeah, it was just a great turn by little Je- Jeffrey Wright's little cameo there. Um, cronies easily the bullet wound operation oh yeah i know Um, yeah that was when she cuts it yeah because you're just like yeah yeah it's the making the incisions and stuff you're like jesus christ uh so i mean yeah that was really wonderful um yeah i mean then of course yeah blood all over the dog (laughs) just blood all over the dog oh holy shit very bloody dog what's up al what about you um honorable mention to the doctor getting all like personal and like being like brothers can be complicated kate and abel the baldwins (laughs) the baldwins (laughs) oh my god and her and her being like oh yeah he sounds great is he single yeah (laughs) that's so funny um The whole Donnie and Mark Wahlberg conversation was great, especially when they're like, the, the two of them were like, he was great, and Donnie was great in the sixth sense. And I was like, I, we, like, I used to, we used to say that. We used that to say to that. We used to say we that all younger. the time. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that was so funny. And then whoever, the, the girl being like, Mark wouldn't take that, that role, a role that small or whatever. Oh, a so role that funny. small, yeah. And yeah, and everyone else being like, he was in that movie? Yeah. <laughs> Um, honorable mention to the first big fight, which I thought was done really well in several ways. 
Um, especially the close-up of uh, Rachel McAdams noticing the gun. You know, mm. she just, like, looks at it, and you don't know that she took it, but it's, it's like, well put there. The whole fight scene is surprisingly good. The shot from outside with the peaceful music, and, of course, the running gag in the movie of glass tables not breaking when people fall on them. Yeah, oh my god, yes, thank <laughs> you for bringing that. What is up with tables tonight? Yeah, it's so good. Honorable mention to the shot through the gap in Jenga. That was mm. pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, the Denzel story. Uh, Billy, the, the reveal at the end that Billy Madison's character went to Harvard. <laughs> yes. That was great. Uh, and finally, uh, honorable mention to the line, I'm the CEO of Cyberdyne Systems. <laughs> okay. That was great. Um, was there anything you didn't like about Game Night or anything that confused you? Um, I mean, this is, this is not like a huge one, but. I find with like comedies like this that like the like last half of it, the last three quarters of it is always kind of like a little bit of a slog, a little like the pacing. Mm -hmm. I feel like from like the after the um, Jesse Plemons comes to like rescue them from that onward, it's it's a little bit like, all right, it like it's a it's a little long. It's a little bit kind of. I don't know. I feel like sometimes comedies don't really always know like when and how to start like wrapping things up. Yeah, I think it's tough because then you got to start introducing real movie mechanics yes. more, and it can kind of fuck with the, you know, the the, the yes, pace of yes. the movie. Um. So yeah, that's a very minor one, but besides that, I loved it. Okay. I feel like it's greatest, I mean, here I go again with saying that BS, it's greatest strength is also his weakness. Jesus Christ, Tim, get a better critique of stuff. And the fact that it is such a competently and well-made movie is probably why it was easy for me to kind of forget. Interesting. Because you don't get me wrong, like, it's there's no jank in it. You know, there's no, like, it's such an efficient and well-executed film from a technical standpoint I guess it, there were just, it didn't stick in my mind as well as it should have. I don't know why. And that's not a knock against anything that anybody did in making this movie. They made a great movie. But I, I guess this is just my own foible. Uh, not enough jank for Tim's, you know. <laughs> Put that on the box. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> not enough jank. Yeah, not enough jankiness. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> other than that, I mean, it's a solid film. And... I'm, you know, I'm really great. I, I expect more great things to come from the duo of Daly and Goldstein. Yeah. By the way, if you haven't seen their um, uh, vacation movie, it's quite good. Oh, shit. See, I <laughs> forgot that they did that. So, Ed yeah, Helms, I mean, Christina Applegate, Chris Hemsworth shows up in a surprisingly funny cameo. Um, yeah, it's Hemsworth great. Movie. Is a funny guy. He's a funny big man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had no problems with this movie, I'm, and I'm sure they it has its faults, uh, you know, but for me, nothing hindered my enjoyment of this movie. Do you have a favorite death scene? There wasn't, a, there wasn't that yeah, many of them, I mean, so I think only one is really yeah, in the running. Yeah, the, the guy that's get, that gets sucked in, I guess. <laughs> Not with that ass, you don't. Hmm. Thank you. 
Would you give any random aesthetic choices in Game Night a breaky award in honor of the Windbreakers in the Neil Blomkamp movie Demonic? Oh, wow. I mean, I like the the miniature effect a lot. I thought that was fun. Mm. I um Kyle Chandler's ridiculous car. <laughs> the stingray. The stingray. stingray, yeah. Um That's that right. was funny. Yeah, the the pretty standard like movie clothes. This is another one of those movies <laughs> where like it's all just like <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like like the like yeah. there's no like you know, everything is very like off the rack, so to speak, and not like Right, you know, it's like yeah, like yeah, they all shop at Target, and like that's fine. <laughs> Pleasing but not distinct. Exactly, clothing. exactly. Yeah, intentional. It's to make them more relatable and grounded yeah. in reality. No, I, right, it serves a purpose, but it, there's something. Yeah. There is something kind of like interesting about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it just wasn't a, you know, it was not a part of the movie, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah, I like Jesse Plemons's like I like that his like office shrine room is all white. Um as to better soak up the blood in. <laughs> yeah. White dog too. And a white dog. Um the cul-de-sac that they live on, of course they live on a cul-de-sac oh, cuz yeah. it's the game of life. Yeah. Right, right. That's a good point. It, it think does of look like the yeah. game of life. Yes, yeah, the game of life spinner, good right? Good point. Good catch, man. Thank you. And um yeah, that's that's that's. I mean, I guess Rachel McAdams had a cool like leather jacket in the bar scene. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, like like Matt said, the clothing. There's nothing really outstanding clothing wise for breaky material, from my opinion. So I'm gonna give my breaky to the Harvey Wallbanger. Mm. <laughs> the drink. I meant to look that up. The and drink. See what's in it? <laughs> I'll, I'll have a Harvey Wallbanger. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I bet this guy's not a real bartender. I, I think he's an actor. You know what? I think we should we should give him some like crazy drink order that he'll never get. So what are you having? Vodka tonic? Sorry, honey. I panicked. <laughs> what about you? Harvey Wallbanger. Harvey Wallbanger. Okay. Harvey Wallbanger. What are the ingredients? Yeah, a classic 1970s cocktail. I mean, it looks 1970s because of how fucking yellow it is. So if you guys like vodka... Uh, Galliano and OJ, then the Harvey Wallbanger is for wow. you. Wow, interesting. And it's a good way to test a bartender to see if they're real or a plant. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's useful. Now. There was plenty of stuff about this movie that I thought looked cool, but I, I gotta give my breaky to Rachel McAdams. Just just her, just, her, just her, her sick leather jacket, as you mentioned, her black and red striped shirt. Her jeans mm. that, you know, not to get gross, looked quite nice on her. And her boots. With the T, right? You said boots. The boots. With the T? Boots, yes, yes, yes. Her boots were great. And especially <laughs> any image of her dancing with the gun in that outfit. Um, yeah, that, that would without question be my breaky. <laughs> now, finally, do you see yourself watching Game Night again in the future? And do you think you'll be recommending it to anyone? And also, do you, for someone who's seen it before, do you think you'll remember it this time? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, I will definitely watch this again. If and when I need a laugh. Because that, it is a very consistently funny movie, too. Which it is. is something it is. I think it is. is harder to do than you would think. It Like, there's a lot of 
like we're kind of skipping over how funny this movie is, but like there is a lot of consistent yeah. comedy yeah. in this movie. Yeah. It's it it's surprisingly um smart in right. some of its humor. Yeah. Which I think is. is always appreciated by smart people like us. <laughs> right. Uh yeah, me fail English, that impossible. So I'll definitely watch it again because I don't think Chrissy's seen it. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah. So, I, I'll definitely watch it again. Um, ironically, though, while we were talking about it, I was struggling to come up with... Uh, it, the memory of the movie was already fading. So, <laughs> uh, it's just one of those things. It's, it's, it, I really do think that I need a little more human fallibility in terms of execution for a movie to really stick in my brain. Wow. And I, what does that say about me? I that don't know. That is interesting. That is inter- That is fascinating. So, I mean, again, what? A, it's a great solid comedy movie. What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with me? <laughs> hey, you know. I think there's a very interesting um, study that could be done on how people interact with media and how it they retain memories about it. I, I definitely think mm-hmm. there's a lot of subconscious things being revealed. And uh, I, there's something there, Tim. That's very, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Let's not, let's not go too deep into <laughs> psychoanalyzing of Tim on a recorded meeting, <laughs> right. please. All right, actually, let's, let's, let's put everything else aside and focus on let's that. Let's dig deep. Why do you only care about flaws, Tim? <laughs> well, you see, it goes back to when I was <laughs> dropped on my head as a baby. So yeah, I I absolutely will watch this movie again. I feel like I probably watched it like once every year or two since I since it came out. Um, and it always delivers and it always makes me happy. It's it's up there for me with like Kingpin and some of my other favorite comedies. Um, so yeah, I and I would absolutely recommend it to anyone who wants to see a good comedy without question. Yeah. All right, before we go, did either of you watch any other movies this week that you'd like to quickly recommend or not recommend? Um, I put myself through um, Midsummer. Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. I don't, I mean, oh. so. How are you feeling? Well, here's the thing. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was built up a lot for me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, sense. like, while I don't think there's anything wrong with it, it's nothing i mean yeah there was lots of like tension and disturbing parts and you know it was all affecting but and like florence plug was um very <laughs> was very good in it um yeah i was just like all right yeah all right i get it <laughs> it feels like this is a movie matt that you would have enjoyed more if like it feels like you had to have been there yeah. You know, that's what it sounds like. I mean, I'm never going to go to fucking Sweden <laughs> at this wow. point. I mean, I thought those people I mean, yeah, were it happy. Doesn't, it's, doesn't where, a picture. it's where ABBA is from. I mean, I knew they had dark. <laughs> I knew there was something dark about those people. Like, Other than the winter I mean, nights? Yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't come up with melodies like that without having some pain, you know? Dancing Queen, man. So, yeah, Dancing Queen I don't says know. it all. I mean, it was fine. <laughs> Okay, that's that's legit. Have you you haven't seen it, Tim? Right? No, I haven't. But I know yeah. everything because um, that's the type of shithead I am. Right? Uh, I have. I I watched a movie. Oh, hey, the unbearable weight of massive talent. I I saw that as well. It's an enjoyable film, and that's it all is. I want to say. Just in case, in just in case we were to cover it for some reason. Is that so. the Nicolas Cage one? Yeah, yeah, 
And Nicolas Cage plays a version of himself mm. called Nicky Cage. Yeah. yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I thought that was great. A parody of himself in a parody already. And uh, Pedro is, is good in it. They, they, they work really well together. They have very good chemistry. Yes, they do. Yeah, it's, it's like a crowd. It's like a fun movie. It's a crowd pleaser. Susie loved it. Um, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I saw Midsummer two year like years ago, and I I yeah. only seen it once, and Susie despised it, and she had such yeah. a bad time watching it that it absolutely ruined my experience of watching mm-hmm. it. So I don't know what my opinion is yeah. of it, because like all I can think of is my guilt for being like, hey, you want to watch Midsummer? Yeah, like I um, feel as though I mean, <laughs> it's not that I well, don't want to. No, like, no, dur- I sorry, I just wanted to come back and mention that. That's all. I just like. I don't need move. I don't need all movies that I see to be fun, per se. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is not a fun movie, but like, it's like, like I don't ma- want to watch. Bearable way to mass a talent is a fun movie. Midsummer is the complete fucking opposite. Midsummer is like a. Would you say it's? it's I mean, if you like The Wicker Man, yeah, I, I would assume. So I never well really. I don't know if I've ever seen The Wicker Man, but like it's like the same okay. thing, right? But the bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is essentially speaking in it. Um, same vibes, but like, I mean, it's a. It feels like a 1970s horror movie, wouldn't you say? In, in the fact that like you walk away from it and you're feeling like I feel gross and dirty and filthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't really yeah, need that in my life. Right. <laughs> yeah, like I think I want to rewatch it again by myself, but I'm not even sure if I'll like it that much. And I did really like Hereditary. I like that movie a lot. Right, but um. Midsummer. Eh. I just I don't need to be punished more than I already punished myself. <laughs> it is punishing. It is a punishing. It's a very movie. punishing I, movie. I yeah. 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 I concur. Speaking of punishing, <laughs> here we go. I saw Hypnotic oh with our boy friend. Ben Affleck, directed by Robert Rodriguez. What a strange movie! I won't go. People s- are comparing it to Hitchcock. <laughs> I mean, I can. What? I, okay. I will say this, right? If this movie, if Robert Rodriguez put this out with like fake film grain like Planet Terror, people would get it so much better. They'd be like, oh, it's like, it's like a 90s, like straight to video thriller that's based on like an Italian Jalo influenced movie like that is the kind of movie it is i mean didn't we say when we t- briefly touched on it like this feels like a movie he- that would have come out after he did like paycheck yes absolutely you know and it and and like it the movie's fine it works and like ben affleck is clearly having so much fun he's definitely serious the entire movie but i guarantee <laughs> he was having a blast making this movie i hope so and it does have um a- alice braga is the like the female lead in it and it's so great seeing her in the kind of role that would go to like a leading lady and she she could absolutely be a leading lady she was very good in it it's it's most people will probably think it's bad i'll say that much but i i had a good time with it i was it was kind of fun you know that's that's what i'll say You're going with low expectations. If you know what it's going to give you, I think you'll have a good time. But I don't think everyone's going to understand the weird kind of like purposely goofy, low budget Inception movie that that I think Robert Rodriguez is trying to make. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
And I rewatched Fast 4 through 9. But, you know, whatever. You know, I can talk about those movies another time. <laughs> like you had to be convinced. <laughs> I did not. I was just like, suddenly I was like, I need to rewatch all these movies. And I did. And I like love them all over again. Like now I'm like even more into the series than I already was. You know, life is weird, man. Comes, you know, quarter mile at a time. Okay, 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 guys. I can't keep it anymore. I can't keep it a secret. So, Matt, you know how your part Coverlarian and Cobra Law is run by some dude named Galopulus? Oh, don't get me started on Cobra Law. I do my best to stay away from all of that. I probably shouldn't have even talked to, to Uncle Pentor as long as I did. My mom grew up in that ancient serpentine society, and apparently, if she stayed, or if I were to go back, I'd be stuck in the royal family or something and have to give up my fake job at Trader Joe's, my wife, my kids, everything. I'd have to leave everything I know and love behind. I guess it would get me out of this podcast. No, it would be a horrible life there. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Not even you, Tim. Oh, I see. I, di- I didn't realize it would be that bad. Dude, you have no idea. Part of the reason I left was to protect Diana and the girls. I don't want them anywhere near that place. Like the other day, we were at Cecilia's school for their end-of-the-year bash, and they were just so excited, and Clara's going to that school next year, and they had their face painted. And uh, Okay, so I'm going to make a call just off real wall. quick, if you guys don't mind. Uh, yeah, sure. Mr. Gardner, we've been waiting for your call. Have you decided if you're working with us or not? Now that we know your co-host Matt Paul is the actual heir to the Cobralarian throne, we could simply force him to go undercover instead. No. I'll do it. <laughs> 